101. It's October 10th, 2017, and this is Inside Out, The Naked Truth. Coming to you from the Santa Cruz Mountains of California, live from Lupin Lodge, where clothing is optional. But the truth is always naked. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> My name is Errol Strider. And I'm Rochelle Alicia Strider. And we welcome you once again to our home at Lupin Lodge. We invited you over tonight for some conversation about the human condition with all its eccentricities and what to make of it. Sprinkled with laughter, good music, and the many voices of Errol Strider. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Professor Schnitzel, what I will be sharing here to say to uh, you all because I feel like I have to hand it to you. It's funny you should say that this is the father there speaking in O'Malley. You know, we do have to kind of hand it to him here tonight, so it's glad to be us handing it to him rather than someone else because they may not like the hand it comes in. Yeah, that's right, uh, you guys. I'm with you. This is Barney. Thank you guys for checking in and letting us know you're there. I feel so supported by you. And our show, speaking of being supported, is sponsored by Go Raw, natural food, nutritious. And raw. Hence the name, <laughs> Go Raw. <laughs> they were gonna call it Go Cooked, and then one of the guys said, no, but it's all raw. And they said, okay, let's just go <laughs> raw then. I can see it's gonna be a silly night. <laughs> Not as silly as it could be if we took the time to stoke the fires of our silliness in the ways that it deserves and in which we want to portray it. Hey, you got to hand it to me. <laughs> uh, this is funny. I have to tell you something. Let me cut to the point. It doesn't matter what you've done or not done. I got to hand it to you. You've made it this far. <laughs> Quite an achievement, really. And this is why we've picked Gotta Hand It To You as our featured phrase of the week. There are a lot of people we have to hand it to. Mm -hmm. All the people who have <coughs> performed so courageously at some of the recent tragic events, for example, and for time memorial, as a matter of fact. And there are people who, while I may not agree with them, I gotta hand it to them for sticking to their guns even though they seem utterly oblivious to the consequences of their actions. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you gotta hand it to them. Don't you think, Rochelle? Gotta hand something to them. <laughs> if, if it weren't so painful, it would be completely ludicrous. But when you get... The painfulness, and what I'm speaking to is, is some of the, the attitudes that dominate our culture in the, these United States, for example, that has given birth to the quintessential uh, Donald Trump phenomenon, otherwise known as Tweety Bird. Tweeter. Tweeter. Tweeter, Tweeter Bird. Bird. <laughs> Remember Tweeter? Tweety Bird? Tweet, this is Tweety <laughs> Bird's line. Tweet. No, this is... Okay. I thought, I thought, booty that. 
That's was right. That was his line. I thought, I thought, Maybe we can have Tweety Bird on here tonight and give us the lowdown. But it was a very. She has a high voice. She I thought I'd do a booty cat. That's it. That's what, <laughs> that, that's what it sounds like. So the other thing you got to hand it to is what? Oh, it's Professor Umbridge. Okay, you got something. I can feel you're excited about it. Oh yes, you, you have to, to hand it to all those stray people who who ex exist outside the parameters of what is normal and acceptable and fulfills expectation, and they're out there exploring reality at a whole other level of courage and commitment. You'd have to be to fly in the face of these. Uh, of, of norm, as they say, and so you got to hand it to them. By golly, they're doing a fabulous job of de delineating themselves and their talent and expressing it in the world in such a way that some people will get to hear, hear from it. I, I totally agree with you. <clears throat> yeah? Well, yeah, because if, if people Professor. didn't live outside the box, they would create nothing new. Because <laughs> the new things are not inside the box, they're outside the box, right? So everybody who creates something brand new, in a way, is outside that box, outside of the normal. I mean, we wouldn't be flying planes, we wouldn't have computers, we wouldn't have any of the things we have We wouldn't have, have this show. We wouldn't have this show with all this technical accoutrements if it weren't for people who lived outside the box. So I got to hand it to them. And I gotta <coughs> hand it to those folks who kind of maintain, who conserve the the relative status quo, because you you can't just if everybody flew out of the box, there would be no box, and nobody would know where to co go to when they went out looking for the box. I know I can answer that, but I'm not going to. You're introducing the show. We we well passed the introduction. Oh, phase. because I didn't say anything about it. <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, Come I on. just I just wanted to you know put in my three cents. <laughs> I mean, you got to hand it to you, right? It's time for applause, a handshake, a pat on the back for a job well done. We got to hand it to whomever does it well. Too often, good work slips through the cracks, and appreciation is never uttered. Let's hand it to those who go beyond the daily have-tos and let them know we appreciate them so very much because in truth, we gotta hand it to them. Mm. Yeah, I gotta hand it to you for saying all that. <laughs> but you brought up something that I think is important and that's what happens to the part that slips through the cracks? See, there was all this good stuff that you were talking about and then it slipped through the cracks. So I went down underneath the cracks <laughs> in the sub-crack uh, realm where all I got to hand it to you for doing that <laughs> really and and I and the tracks are you know they're they're tracky and 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 it makes them like diverse and spread around but the stuff fell between the cracks and what stuff all the stuff that you just described, all the, the good stuff, and, and and the stuff that people don't pay notice that that is excellent, for example, but it's it's like it's too far out or it's too so-so, and so it just falls in the cracks. But what I did is I got a, a a stuff a thing a container that grabbed up some of that stuff from <laughs> the cracks. 
I did. He's not telling no, the truth. No, no, I did. <laughs> and and what I wanted to share with you, I want to share with some of the uh, cracks, you know, what they had. <laughs> but why? But He's lost his mind. I have lost But I have mind. to hand it to him. He loses it often. <laughs> You know, you hand it to me so, so often, but there's something just wonderful about uh, relationships and how people can hand it to each other and all of that. City Hall wedding And our friends all laughed And then they started betting On how long it'd last Some give it a week Some give it a year And now the honeymoon is over But we're still here I gotta hand it to you, babe You changed my life I never thought any woman Would ever be my wife And I gotta give credit where credit is due Now that I've said it Gotta hand it to you Started out together And we took the big oath What was good for one Would be good for both And I gotta admit I was scared at first Oh, we might have done better But we could have done worse I gotta hand it to you, babe changed my life I never thought any woman would ever be my wife and I gotta give credit where credit is due and now that I've said it I've gotta hand it to you gotta hand the bride and we settled down and it wasn't very long before the store come around he's got three little babies and a mortgage too when I get my paycheck I gotta hand it to you I gotta hand it to you babe you changed my life I never thought any woman would ever be my wife gotta give credit where credit is due Now that I've said it i got to hand it to you I've got to hand it to you, babe You changed my life I never thought any woman Would ever be my wife And I've got to give credit Where credit is due Now that I've said it Now that i said it Now that I've said it and that was Steve Goodman. Well, thank you, Steve Goodman. That was, I love that. I love the <coughs> harmonica as the accompaniment. That was fun. That was. I got to hand it to you, Steve. That was good. I got to hand it to you. One you know of the what? Most, go. <laughs> You're the silliest man I know. I got to hand it to you. Really? <laughs> 
You okay. are. <laughs> okay, let's let's check this on the silliness scale. Okay. Okay, I got I got this I- insight, you know, and I ha- I handed o- I had to hand over my whole consciousness to get this, by the way. So you got to hand it to me. Yeah, well, I had to hand it over once I got it because if I had tried to take it back once I hand, <laughs> never mind. Okay, this is a little uh, something that came to me. We're either joining or we're pushing off. Ah, I got to hand it to you. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, think about it. We're either joining or we're pushing off. Yeah. So it's like there's only two directions. It's like you come together and you pull apart, right, Professor Schnitzel? Oh, yeah, you're talking basic physics here. There are things that they're coming together or they see each other and they like the way the other uh, basic atomic element smiles. People <laughs> don't know that these things smile. And that's how they <laughs> open up and let the other subatomic particles let them know that they're, they're home and they're ready for laughing time. So they smile and then they come together and and and, and that's why. And then they try and push off from each other and they're pushing, pushing, yeah, yeah, pushing. And, and, it's, and then they get tired of pushing and so then they decide to go back in and join with everyone. And this is tension that's happening all the time here now. And, and it's, a, it's a balancing act. And oh, I like the balance. <coughs> we got to hand it to them. For Maybe that's how we live longer. You know, Professor Schnitzel, when we stop pushing against each other, start joining with each other. If we could sell it as a longevity uh, thing, I bet people would buy it. <laughs> I'm not sure that people would buy it. It's amazing, people. I get to hand it to people for going against their own self-interest, for example, on who they vote for, things like that. They're actually going against their self-interest. But obviously, there's another part of the cells that likes it and feels good about it, even though it's not satisfying the part of the self that was the first one in line of the several selves who are asking for permission to be able to have the uh, got to have it sign made. Yeah. I heard uh, a man from um, Bangladesh who just wrote a book called, I think, the. Oh, I forgot the title. Forgive me, but he said something so interesting. He says they were all we're all born as part of our nature as selfish and selfless. We have both those things going on inside of us, and to speak to both those things as we're growing up is very important. Instead of like tricking, making one less than the other, they're both going on. They both need to coexist, and when our selfishness um, it's, it's seen as selflessness, which it can be turned into, then we got to hand it to us. <laughs> At that point? Yes, because it is, that's a joining. You know, we're, in, a, in a way, we're at odds with our own self. I mean, that's where it all begins. We're at odds with ourselves. We're you pushing know, off ourselves. Uh, Sometimes I have a bout of being at odds with myself, and other times I have a thing about I'm at evens with myself. That's right. That's exactly it. I got to hand it to you. You figured that out. (laughs) I did figure that out. (laughs) Speaking of figuring it out, Mm -hmm. by the way, have you noticed how we try and figure things out? Like it's it's almost like one of the worst 
uh, approaches to solving the substantive life problem. <gasps> I totally disagree. Wow. Okay. But totally. To- <laughs> totally. Let's hear this total disagreement. I mean, remark. it's sort of like figuring something out is a prelude to allowing it to happen. Oh. You know, but there's, because we have these wonderful uh, deductive minds, you know, and we can be the detective, you know, look at all the clues and see what it all is. And as you're doing that and you abandon yourself to the figuring it out in a way, all the clues jump out at you. The reality jumps out at you. It's like, it's like marvelous. I'm figuring out. I love things. If I couldn't figure things out, I'd lose a whole big part of my wonderful life. I gotta hand it to you to remind me those clues are jumping out. I gotta catch them. Clue, clue, <laughs> clue, 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 clue. And you, what is a clue? But you have to figure out the clue. Well, what is it a clue of? You have another yeah. of figuring it out. And so, you disagreed with me about the figuring it out. Figuring it out. But I would like to ask Barney to comment on that before I say what I have to say. Rochelle. Yeah. <laughs> Babe, I gotta hand it to you for like being right up with this guy's face here. I don't agree with that. And then I think you had a uh, an encore. You said it. No, I don't agree with you. It was more like a- emphasis and in, in power and the power that was coming out of you for the not agreeing with him in the face of the male, for example. See, a lot of gals, they wouldn't do that. On the other hand, a lot of gals w- would do that. <laughs> Probably started at a much younger age than I did. <laughs> yeah, to be able to, to uh, but see, but it ain't personal. See, that's no, it isn't personal. No, it's not personal, and that's where we get into trouble in the world here. People, they feel a problem, and then they make it personal, like this guy here. He's the problem that they're having when it isn't him at all, but it looks like he's in charge of what it is that's happening that's bothering them. And you got to hand it to him. He's just been a neutral presence, but we turn him into something that's going to backfire on us. Who's he? The, the, the other part that's looking at it from over there. The other, <laughs> the other guy that's, that's the cause, the apparent cause of my problem. In other words, let's say he's withholding the money, and so he's the one who's the enemy who's withholding the money. Mm-hmm. No. No, the, the problem is the withholding of the money. But I gotta hand it to, to people who withhold that money. They are damn good at withholding that money. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Barney. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm talking about the people who withhold money from life, and uh, and you gotta hand it to them. You know, they're very single-minded. You know, they want to get it and keep it in store. Oh, withhold it from you? You think that? They're having it keeps it you from having it. That's what I'm trying to say, sweetheart. I'm saying know. that. No, no, I'm saying that's what I'm trying to say is not that they're not keeping it from me. That's why I started off by saying, "Don't make this." Thing oh, over I got here. you. I, I got to hand it to you. I agree with you. So see how we flipped that around there. You're very welcome, Errol. <laughs> yes, thank you, Barty. That was that was. I couldn't have done it better myself. Oh, here's here's another one. The unqualified absolute has a very big appetite. Mmm. I like that. So, 
One unqualified, absolute. Yeah, yeah. Has a very big appetite. Yeah, it's the absolute mm -hmm. that says you can't pin me down. You know, you can't put, you can't voice some kind of quality on me. Mm -hmm. Call it. Yeah, don't define me. I'm beyond your definition. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why <laughs> the absolute gets paid the big bucks. It's he doesn't have to get paid big bucks, so she doesn't have to get paid big bucks because. They've got it all. So here's what I understand. <laughs> oh, uh, Rabbi, you want to talk about the unqualified absolute? Be my guest. The unqualified absolute is like this. All these aspects of God, Elohim, is the multiple dimension of God. And the people say God is one, and it's important to understand that it is one, but it's full of parts. <laughs> and you have to account for the parts. In fact, you have to account for the part that you are. And so the absolute is like all of it, but it's unqualified. Ah, that means it's like a potential. That means you get to reach into the absolute, uh, which is just waiting and for you to absolutize yourself too. And you can absolutize yourself by identifying with the absolute. And so that's why we could recommend that if you're having trouble doing that, it could be an ulcer problem. <laughs> uh, some people, they have ulcers, and they worry about things, and when they worry, they worry, they get ulcers, and they cut themselves off from the, from the absolute, which is only wanting to show up when they're not fetching and worrying about it. And you got to hand it to them for Bring them away, they themselves away to the dead. Gone. I guess you got to hand it to them because they don't seem to have anything else. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't be sorry. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, why are you sorry? Okay, let's look at that. I didn't want to. I didn't want to insult you, <laughs> or whatever. I don't know why I said that. I think saying sorry is like, it's habitual it's rather than real. You can say it's a habit. Like yeah. I walk and someone in, in the supermarket and their cart is coming this way and we sort of like don't quite get around. And, or whatever. And the people always apologize. When oh, they yeah. Have the, I'm sorry. sorry. But it's the cart's fault. They have nothing to do with it. Sorry. <laughs> you know, sometimes. Oh. What's for real? Here's another insight. What's for real? Recognizing that we are already connected to anything of any substance. Wow. Recognizing. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, recognizing what is. I mean, it's like we're not aware of how marvelous we are. The construction of us, you know, you think of all the organs that work together and the brain controls this. And I mean, we look at that as pictures in anatomy, but the thing is, it's marvelous. It's marvelous. Our construction is marvelous. We should be going every day, wow, how marvelous am I? I've been constructed so marvelously. You'd think, one would think that, wouldn't you? Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and in order to accentuate that, you want to keep on the sunny side of what's marvelous. <laughs> Okay. 
from Oh Brother Where Art Thou Keep on the Sunny Side and as I was listening to that I was reflecting on something that if you if you could identify something that could prove the existence of a all beneficent creative power being source in the universe recognizing you as fully as you will allow yourself to be recognized by that all-beaming light source recognizing you in the fullness of who you are becoming. Sometimes I think that that isn't a a one a, a entity. It's not a single entity. I think it is like it's just spread out so humongous and yet it's, it's made up of something, of all these things that make it seem like one thing. <laughs> well, it's absolute. That's where it finds Yeah, so oneness. that's what I'm saying. So it's really hard to think of it as a thing or a being or this. It's more than that, and, and it's why we can't identify it. Because we're just, that's, we're one of those tiny little parts. We haven't gotten to ourselves as a whole yet. So how are we supposed to get to the, the allness as a, as a whole? Bus. Take a bus. <laughs> but not just any guy got to hand it to you. A bus. I mean, in this day that we're living in, a bus? A bus? I mean, a plane maybe, you know, but a bus? You'll never get there. <laughs> let's, let's, let's honor the buses for it. you brought it up. <laughs> Every day, school buses pick up thousands, probably millions of children and take them to school, a place of learning and a, and a place also of conditioning uh, and 
that they have to go on a bus. Something bothers me about that. I mean, I walked to school every day when I was a kid. You know, I didn't walk very far. I didn't live very far from my school. But the thing is that, I don't know, there was so there was something very lovely about walking to school and being in that stillness of walking to school that got me prepared for school. I mean, but you get on the bus and there's all these kids going crazy and, and everything. That's, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> I got to hand it to you. You brought up... <laughs> I couldn't stand the noisy kids on the bus. You really couldn't. Oh, drove me crazy, and I stopped going on the bus. I didn't tell my parents. I, I took my bike, and that was it. And I didn't like the Hebrew school bus either, and I stopped going to Hebrew school, And I would, but I would take the bus bus downtown. <laughs> <laughs> and that was okay. It's okay to ride like uni because... Because nobody talks to you. Nobody's in your face. Nobody's making fun of you. Nobody's carrying on. Nobody's being bullies. I mean, there's like... The bus is like this cacophony of insanity sometimes. <laughs> well, or it's usually just people kind of being mum. No, I'm talking about the school bus. The oh, kids, the school kids bus. Filled with kids who are restless and yeah. uh, everything else. You know, I believe, and I'm going to recommend this to all you listeners, that... Uh, you take a ride in a morning school bus once every six months. <laughs> and, and, and when you get out of that bus, you will feel such relief <laughs> that you will... Or you will feel so dizzy and, and disoriented, you wonder why you took the bus in the first place. <laughs> dizzy is as dizzy was. Oh, that? dizzy is as dizzy was. No, but... I, it sounds really fun. <laughs> well, I would, you know, where it comes from, and this is such a uh, beautiful place. Here, listen to this. Come sing, sweet rejoicing. Come sing, we love. We're not. Afraid of voicing all the things we're dreaming of. Oh, high and low, everywhere we go, we can live a beautiful city. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We can live a beautiful city. Call it out. And call it the city of man. 
City for Godspell. Godspell. Huh. I just tried to look up this fellow that got me started on dancing. His name was Sammy Bass. Uh, gotta hand it to you, Sammy. You you were a fabulous guy. He was at Stevens College for Women, and he was really well developed technically. You know, he was ready to go, and he went to New York, and he ended up getting in the original production of Fiddler on the Roof. He choreographed the movie, Godspell. I was trying to get a corroboration on that. Uh-huh. We'd like to have at least two sources before we go public. He choreographed Godspell? Uh, that's what I remember. Well, did you corroborate it? I, I haven't because I've Then lost how am I going to hand it to you? <laughs> you can't. I've lost a little corroboration thingy. Oh, dear. You oh, dear. You mean you can't Google? It's things, all about Google. And it either corroborates them or doesn't. I'm giving Google a plug, but if you don't know what something is, you Google it. That's what all these young kids taught me. <laughs> That's right. Google it. Talk about identifying with the brand, no matter what comes about that will be function like a machine like that, a search mm-hmm. engine. We'll always say Google. And we'll always ask for a Kleenex, sometimes instead of a tissue. Exactly. <laughs> so... I'm imagining that these guys who, who were starting this thing that it hadn't had a name yet, and, and somebody in the group is saying, and they throw out the names, you know, the, this technology thing and this, you know, putting letters to it, and there was a, <laughs> a young gal, and she was in the back, and she yelled, Google! <laughs> and he said, what? She says, Google, make it Google. And they all <laughs> laughed, Google, Google. <laughs> They loved it. They loved it. (laughs) They kept it. Finally, it hit them. Yes, of course. Let's Google it. (laughs) And thus it was born. I got to hand it to you, Errol. You have a wonderful imagination. (laughs) Where does imagination come from? Oh, I don't know, but I'm so happy for it. Someone asked me once, like I was was just sat home during a holiday, and I just was in contemplation and everything. And they said, well, didn't you get bored? I said, bored? How can I get ever bored? I have an imagination. I mean, when I'm by myself and I'm in an enclosed space, my imagination just takes off. I imagine millions of things, and it's always wonderful, better than any television show I've ever seen. i got to hand it to you. You can imagine. I wish I could get in her mind when she's doing all that imagining and see what she's imagining, because it's obviously better than television. It is. It's really fun. That's what our imagination does. We watched a video of our granddaughter, being grandparents who have to every now and then just let you know how much we love her, uh, watering plants. And she had one of those spray watering cans, you know, that, and she told the plants that she was going to give them a shower. And she asked them how they were. And she talked to them. And she wanted them to know that they wanted more water. And she congratulated them <laughs> on getting the water. And... It was so marvelous because to her, she was serving these plants, and to her, they were just as real as 
and he, as a person. You know, and the, th the amazing thing about it is the plants answered her back. <laughs> well, it's as it turns out, <laughs> it these, was were, mommy. these were talking plants, <laughs> the kind that respond to being talked to. I tell you, I got to hand it to you, you are silly, and you have an imagination. Well. <laughs> That's what making it up is all about. We are inside out the naked truth, and tonight we're looking deeply into the things for which we have to hand it to them for. What's a more have to hand it to you kind of things? Can you think of anything? Well, yeah, I've been watching the the fires in Napa and Sonoma County up here in the north and north of California, which is only about an hour and a half, two hours from where we live, and um, and then there's fires down below. But watching these people got out of their, you know, they left their homes, went to other people's homes and started hosing down their houses and they were wearing nothing but shorts and flip-flops, walking on all this rubble just to help somebody whose house hasn't caught fire yet. They hosed it down, they threw buckets of water on it. And, you know, nobody asked them to do that, they did that. And so many people, all these tragedies like you spoke about in the very beginning of the show, have just they're out there, you know, that nobody they're sort of unsung heroes in a sense, because yes, we'll look at them and see what they did, but their names won't go get into the newspaper or anything else. But they'll know what they did. And and it feels so good. And other people who who were beneficiaries of their good deed will know and they'll feel so good. So you gotta hand it to them. Got to hand it to them. But you reminded me of something that came to me about a week ago, and that is this goodness. And it was brought about, I got to hand it to you, it was brought about by this, uh, th all this goodness that just spontaneously erupted. Yeah. That nobody knew it was there. And I realized that we all have this, 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 powerful presence of goodness within us, but it seems like it takes um, extreme circumstances or danger or something for it to come out. And it's, we but maybe it, it takes extreme circumstances for us to see it. Mm. Because we don't know, like so many of those people, like just daily living their lives, being of service in very small ways that nobody sees. And then something like this comes out and it, it, it's escalated their service. It gets bigger. But I think that there's so much goodness in human beings that don't have a chance sometimes. Remember that to be movie shown. with, uh, with uh, Dusty Hoffman and I think it was Andy Garcia? It was, uh, he was called Hero. And, <gasps> All right. And he was like a, the ultimate schlep, Dusty Hoffman, like an irresponsible, you know. He was the old, uh, uh, the grown-up version of the character he played in that movie with John Voight. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway. But... Was it he, or wasn't it? But anyway, he was the hero in that movie, but he, he just, he didn't want, he gave it to Andy, and, uh, and I don't know exactly how the plot worked, but somehow he didn't call it to himself and gave it this image. It had something to do with the shoe. There was a shoe missing. 
You are now listening to two people try to remember something that that we can't really remember. Hey. Why we brought it up, we have no idea. But you hey. have to give it to us, I mean, because we brought it up to begin with. We brought it up. And that's because we have been known to be old farts. <laughs> and the thing about an old fart no. is... What? I don't want to be an old fart. Okay. I like being old. old I like fart, being old, but old fart not a guy fart. with voice, old fart. <laughs> you may leave the room. Okay, good. And take your yes. smell with you. <laughs> yeah. You know, life is tough enough without having old fart in your place. I mean, what does an what's the difference between an old man who can be distinguished and beautiful and an old fart? <laughs> Because I think when you're older, you fart more. Because, <laughs> listen, your gastrointestinal system, think about it. Got to hand it to that little phenomenon. It's been cooking every day, processing and eating and chewing and converting and molecular exchanges and laying on things and blood and corpuscles and it grabs all that food and it masticates them and then it you know, does all this stuff to them. Well, you got to... You got a hand, and after a while, it kind of gets tired. It's worn down. <laughs> Especially the- we do have to eat smaller portions, I think, as you get older. And we're in the habit of eating large portions, and you really strain all your, your colon and all that stuff. So I'm learning. It's not easy. I got to hand it to me. I am trying, though, to eat smaller portions and maybe eat more often, but tiny little portions instead of big fat meals that we tend to eat. So not only is our show sponsored by Go Go Raw, but it is sponsored by tiny little portions. (laughs) That's the nice thing about Go Raw. You know, you eat a portion of Go Raw and you have to absorb it. You have to chew it really well and eat it. And it takes a certain amount of energy, but that energy goes into converting it into the energy we need to live. It does. But I got another one. The finite defines me. The infinite refines me. Oh. What do you think? You run a roll. I got to hand it to you. <laughs> you got, got some good ones here. These are well, really nice. These are the ones that I actually wrote down from some time in my past when I was very smart and insightful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember those days. That was great. You know, now you I mean, these aren't new? I thought these were brand new. No, no. But you don't have to feel bad. You still did it. I don't feel bad. I feel good about them. Now, see, what I, happened to me was that I had all these insights because my mind is very you know, out there. But then there's the rest of me. And so it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I had to see how I integrate that insight, especially these, like, like lines like that, infinite and finite. Like who's who's having a conversation like Joe? Let's talk about the infinite and the finite at the bar. <laughs> okay. I realize that that I have to be who I am and who I really am as a spiritual philosopher, and I see that you are too, because we delve into these things, the philosophical realm of spirituality. That in other words, how do we live this? How do we deal with it? How do we live? What does it mean to love one's, you know, love? What does love mean in the first place? When everyone bandies it around so easily without even understanding what it is. I came up with these, I call it the four A's. It was a 
formula of like a four steps getting you to that love. And it starts with acknowledgement. Just kind of have to acknowledge that, oh, there's something here called love. Hmm, that is. Or whatever. And then it goes from acknowledgement. Then you, then you have to accept it. And then you go from accepting it and appreciating it. That means putting it to good use. And then you, as you, the more you do that, then you actualize it. And those are the four step continuum that you can take on a ride tonight if you are so disposed. Got to hand it to you. For me, the process has to do with I experience something, and then my mind wants to know what it is. What is it? What did I just experience? A lot of people think of something, and then they want to experience it. I, I go the opposite direction. I experience it. And then I want to know what it is I experienced. That's I mean, how it's... we met. We both had this realization, <laughs> and we were walking in the opposite direction down the road. And we were both going, aha! And we stopped and we looked really at Really want other. to know where he goes from this. <laughs> and it, it, it was a resonant aha-ness, but she was coming from this direction, and I was going the other direction. In other words, think about it, and then experience it and we met right there and we both recognized that we were part of the same aha moment i got it to hand it to him he's put a few different jackets on the actual experience but the aha moment is correct okay. <laughs> here's another one flash reality is accessed through mutual recognition and shared knowing i got it handed to you i like that one too I don't know what it means. I do. Oh, what does it mean? Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Reality is accessed through mutual recognition and shared knowing. You have to realize that this is a not necessarily a finite reality, though it can lead to that. But what it is, is to me the recognition makes it real. It's sort of like if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, did it fall? So by having that person hear it, not only it creates a more of a reality because it's sort of like you have a witness so when there's two people going back and forth they're witnessing each other and creating that reality out of that recognition wow that's what that means i love that boy <laughs> do i have to hand that to you man it was like okay but I do want to acknowledge where all this stuff is coming from, which you so aptly described as imagination. And what we use to extract from the imagination is this curious little muscle that's called intuition.
from magazines You don't love from Charlie Sheen Well, you got to hand it to Jewel oh. for writing and singing that song about mm -hmm. intuition. And now, that's a perspective that some people would... I, I, I remember one guy once who, who, who completely derided and negated the value of intuition. It's like, that's nothing. There's no... There's nothing to that. It's all about reason, and that's how you get to where you need to go, otherwise known as figuring it out. Yeah, except that what happens is that what they don't. I think it's I think it's a matter of ego. You know, when you realize that it's not, and you're figuring it out, you're already moving into your higher mind to to see the whole thing. But you take it. But one takes uh, credit for that. Like I'm figuring it out. It's my mind figuring it out. A friend of mine used to speak of that the intuition and the imagination as your higher mind. Or some people think of it as a sixth sense, but it, you are going beyond beyond what you can see. Even in figuring it out, you're going beyond what you can see because you're coming to a place that you didn't see, <laughs> even though you think you got there totally on your own. I got to hand it to you. you, you your sentence triggered me to come in with this point of view now. Oh, that was so well done. That was amazing. The transition <laughs> and watch it flow. Can you see how it kind of flew? But I was thinking about, you know, when you've got to hand it to somebody for doing something great. And so I remember Reagan said it, but I think it was originally said by Dwight Eisenhower. And he said, you can accomplish almost anything if you don't care who gets the credit. And wow. So That's that's a great thought. I mean, I think that's a great thought. And that's, to me, what the, where the ego, you're talking about how the ego, the ego is the part that wants to jump in and get the credit. Oh, I did it, and it's me, and I'm, I'm the good thing that made it happen, or the bad thing that made it happen, but right. I'm distinctively this something over here. It's, it's all about see me, see me, see me, I think. In our case, it's hear me, hear me, hear me. <laughs> but who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have just a minute, uh, Senator Beauregard. You you got something to contribute? Well, I gotta hand it to you folks once again for bringing in a subject that allows us to get a handle on what's really going on. I mean, I I gotta hand it to you. You know, there's hands come in all sizes and shapes, but one of my favorite sizes is a handshake. <laughs> That's right, it's a handshake, and <laughs> and you can find, get a sense of a handshake. These are all handshaking here. You know, if you can see them, then you know mine shakes in all kinds of ways. It can shake like that, and it can shake. But for those of you who are listening, you just have to use your well, imagination, and you access, and I did want to say something about the intuition and how you get that. It's like listening below your thoughts with your feeling self as well as your mind. See, there's a feeling self hmm, that has, it has I gotta hand you, it's an interesting concept. I wouldn't have done it, but you did, and I have to well, hand it to you. I'll take it 
then. If you're going <laughs> to hand it to me, by golly, I'll just appreciate it and say thank you for handing it to me. And now that I've got it, after this whole show, I'm finally glad that I'm the one here that was able to have it handed to. And, and what I'm going to do is, is share it with as many people as I can who are open to receive it. And our hands are open and they're ready to shake hands. You got to hand it to them, That's those folks. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Senator. I got to hand it to you for like again having a perspective that even though we can't follow it and don't know what it means, we know that it means something to you, and that gives us <laughs> satisfaction. Just knowing that. Very funny. <laughs> and our sponsors go raw. Oh, I know what I forgot last week. How to reach us. Because if you want to get handed it, then reach us, contact me, email me at eStrider at gmail.com. I, I, that gets rid of my indigestion. That's why I say it that way. <laughs> and our, our website, thelaughingheart.org thelaughingart.org in which you'll see our videos and some of the pictures and insightful sayings that I've uh, created over the years. And mostly we'll get to meet you because I gotta hand it to you like we started this program. You are sensational. I mean, just think of all you're composed of, just the trillions of electrical in impulses that are going on in you right now. I mean, you can't even slow them down out of your own mind. <laughs> just build trillions of them. We gotta hand it to you. And that's just what's going on in their body, although the body life... Oh, yes, I wanted to just say one thing here. The body life is that people need to make peace with their bodies if they want to create a healthy uh, life for themselves and others. If you are opposed and deny and judge and make a villain of your own body, what does that say about your limiting your potential? Well, <clears throat> what it says is you tend not to go out without your clothes on. <laughs> For starters. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's what's interesting about living here at Lupin, where people just, you're liable to see any size, shape, figure, anything and it's yeah the whole idea of, of lupin which i love so much i mean i really do love the the idea of uh that you're not stuck in body images that you can be naked and nobody's looking at your body but just seeing you as a human being and uh, it's hard for a lot of people to do that but when you do do it it's marvelously freeing i've got to hand it to you rochelle for uh living at lupin for as long as you have and for keeping your public ex displays of your naked body to an amazing minimum. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not a nudist. <laughs> but I sure like to swim naked, and I love, love skinny dipping, and I love being in a hot tub naked. In fact, I can't even understand why someone would wear a bathing suit if they didn't have to. But we have a pool here. We have a hot tub. You think she has ever partaken yes, in either of them this year? Well, this year, no. 
<laughs> I called her one day from the pool because it was exceptionally warm. I know she won't go into anything but really hot pool. You know, it has to be at least 110. <laughs> no, just as long as my body temperature, 98 degrees is fine. <laughs> is it still 98.6? <laughs> I think so. Oh, man, i got to hand it to you. It's cool if it's just 98, you know, 6.6 degrees. Uh, we have to... We have to know. Where, we have to find out where that 0. 0.6 degrees is coming from. But as my spouse is reminding me, we need to sign off of this October 10th program, and we got to hand it to you for sticking it out with us. But and I think we've said everything that we're going to be saying tonight. Oh, except one more thing, Rochelle. What do we need to remember? We need to remember. That resistance is what you add to pain to make it hurt longer and last more. Or last longer and hurt more. Oh, I got to hand it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I got to hand it to you. <laughs>